All right, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's turn there in the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll read verses 1 through 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It says this in the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, says this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of his children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself." that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just thank you for being good and merciful and gracious. Lord, we thank you for watching over us. Lord, we thank you for meeting our needs. Lord, we thank you for guiding us through life and giving us direction and helping us with decisions. And Lord, just to be in there for us and allowing us just to, Lord, lean upon you with no matter what's going on in our life. Again, Lord, we pray for these needs that have been mentioned, Lord, uh, many physical needs. Again, Lisa Sargent, Sister Meredith, and others, dear God, those that are traveling, uh, Sister Sarah's uh, family, Priscilla, uh, Priscilla's sister Hannah, and uh, others that are going to be upon the road. We think of uh, Sister uh, Judy's uh, grandson and family, Lord, as they're on the road. And Lord, just watch over these. And Lord, no doubt, spiritual needs. Uh, dear God, no doubt there's people listening or even somebody here that might need to be saved. Lord, we think of Michael, Brother Wood's brother, and what's going on there. We pray great Holy Ghost conviction uh, upon him as he's in church tonight. <laughs> dear Lord, work in his life. And Lord, others that we've witnessed to. Lord, we all have lost loved ones. We have people that we care about. And Lord, that we know that need to be saved. And no doubt we've witnessed to them. Dear God, work in those hearts. Lord, we thank you for the praises. Lord, we thank you uh, for uh, watching over James. And Lord, we thank you for his testimony at work. Lord, I thank you for the testimony that each one of the, uh, these have at work and that the children have at school. And Lord, uh, just among those that they know, help us to stay faithful. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture that you'd get the glory and you'd build your church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we look at uh, this uh, first uh, chapter of Ephesians and a few verses here. Again, just a few thoughts on uh, Ephesus. Of course, Ephesus was a large city, probably about 
250,000 people, and it was on the west coast there of what we know as Turkey today, and you can still go over there and visit some of these, some of these areas. And of course, in its day, it had political and religious and commercial importance. Matter of fact, the temple of the goddess Diana was there. You read about in Acts 19.28, it says this, And when they heard these things, remember they got upset, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Well, I'd like to know how's that working out for you, right? That temple's not even there today, but the church of the living God is still here, amen? So we're thankful for that. Of course, in Revelation, the church of Ephesus is mentioned, and that's the one that's accused of leaving its first love. Revelation 2.1 says, under the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? Of course, uh, I think the angel represents uh, uh, the pastor. I don't know. I never thought of myself as an angel, but I guess I'm always up in there harping about something, so maybe I qualify, right? So if uh, Revelation 2, 4, that was for you, Sister Judy. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And so some thoughts there about Ephesus in the Word of God. Now, we all like that song, right? We, that song says, wonderful things in the Bible I see. Of course, the dearest of these is that Jesus loves me. But I think in these verses, we see some wonderful things as we... Uh, Go through these verses, we see some things that God did. We see, of course, who he did it through. And then we see how he secured it. And then we see uh, some things about why he did it. And then, of course, the exciting thing is we see how we got in on it. Amen. Hey, you know, it's nice to hear about exciting things, but it's even nicer when you can get in on it. Amen. So I'm glad we can get in on exciting things. Of course, uh, uh, Paul here. Uh, it says here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And of course, uh, it's always exciting when you can say what you're doing is by the will of God. And whatever you're doing, you want to be able to say it by the will of God, not just because you're in the ministry. You know, we looked at chapter four the other day when he gave some apostles and some prophets and right? Some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And it's nice to say you're that by the will of God and that God puts you in the mission. But really, uh, whatever you're uh, 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 doing, Right. If you're, uh, you know, uh, whatever job you're working, you should be able to say, hey, I'm doing this job by the will of God. I believe God gave me this opportunity. I believe God led me this way. Or even uh, uh, children, as you seek God's will in school, be able to say, hey, well, why are you studying that? Well, I just feel like uh, that's uh, uh, something that God put on my heart and God's given me the ability to do. And so I'm doing it (laughs) by the will of God. So that's an exciting uh, thing. So whenever you can say you're doing something by the will of God, that is a blessed thing. Thing. And speaking of that, verse 3 says this Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I like this, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And I like that. It says, notice it says, hath blessed us, not will bless us. You know, we're always looking for that future thing, which we need to realize what we already have. Uh, in Jesus Christ. So, you know, God had poured a lot into us spiritually already. He says he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You know, I look at so many believers and it's always like they're trying to find something new. And yet, you know what? I said, they haven't even unpacked what God's already put in them. God's already loaded you up with stuff and uh, you need to unpack it, right? Work out your own salvation. Hey, you need to get in there and uh, uh, God uh, loaded your wagon when you got saved. You need to get in there and unpack and see what God's already uh, provided for you in Jesus Christ. 
I guess that's why we're going to need eternity. It's going to take an eternity to unpack and enjoy everything that we got in Christ and through Christ and that God poured into us when we got saved. And notice it says, in Christ. Amen? Boy, the sooner we find out we can find all we need in Christ, uh, the better we are because there's no spiritual blessings outside of or without Christ. <laughs> but uh, I want to start zeroing in here in verse 4. Notice what it says. <laughs> Talking about this, it says, according as he, right? It mentions God the Father <laughs> up there in verse 3. And it says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Notice those statements, chosen before the foundation of the world. Wow, think about that. Chosen before that. Isn't that amazing that you were chosen before the foundation of the world? Well, like, hey, where's he going with that? Hey, don't let those words make you nervous, right? Listen to some of these other verses where it talks about things that were done before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1.19 says this, but with, but with the precious, talk about how we got saved, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, 1 Peter 1.20, who verily, well, look at this, was foreordained. Yeah, that word is in the Bible, right? Foreordained what? Before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So that lamb, right, was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Before we get Genesis 1.1, it was already foreordained that Christ, amen, should be the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Revelations 13, 8 says this, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the Lamb, here it is again, slain from the foundation of the world. Notice that. Titus 1, 2 says this, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, look at this, <coughs> Promised, promised, notice how it says here, before the world began. <laughs> before the world began. Think about that. You had promises waiting on you, not only just before you were born, but you had promises waiting on you <laughs> before the world even began. Right? Well, well, of course, his word is forever settled in heaven. But uh, he had some promises before he even laid down the first thought, right? Uh, 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 Genesis 1-1, before he even spake, right? 1 Corinthians 2-7 says this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God, look at this, ordained before the world unto our glory. Boy, he didn't know that God was up to a bunch of things before he even uh, laid out the world. God was already up to something, wasn't he? He was already thinking about you before that. Uh, turn over to 2 Timothy 1.9. Here's a good verse, 2 Timothy 1.9. Give you a moment to get there. <laughs> Look what 2 Timothy 1.9 says. <laughs> Who hath what? Look at it. Saved us called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. Look, this was given us in Christ. And when was it given to us in Christ Jesus? Look what it says, before the world began. Isn't that an amazing thing? It was given to us before the world began. I mean, that's what the Bible says. 
It was given to us before the world began. But listen, don't look at those verses and say, well, man, what, what, what's that mean? What's that mean? Doctrine, all those things. Hey, listen, there's a, there's a context there for everything. But we see that God, before he even uh, said, you know, let there be light, right? In, his, in the mind of God, Jesus has already been slain as far, right? And all these things were already provided. Because when God, if you say, want to say this way, think something, it's as good as done, right? Because he's God and he has the power to make sure it happens. So when we read such verses, we remember what? He's God. Who's it talking about here? Before the foundation of the world, uh, before the world began. Well, he's God. Therefore, he already knows the beginning to end. He already knows the beginning to end. Matter of fact, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, some good verses for you. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10 say this. Remember the former things of old. He says, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God. And there's none like me. Amen. He's not bragging. He's just telling the truth. And verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning. And that's why he can say things happen before the foundation of the world or things happen before the world began. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, right? I mean, way back, uh, Job, the oldest book of the Bible, talked about, you know, things that were going to happen way in the future. There's a, there, you know, Ezekiel and all those things talk about things that, you know, were way ahead of time. I mean, even with Jesus coming, right? Jesus, uh, uh, the, the, about Jesus coming and being born was, you know, 750 years, 1,000 years, thousands of years. He could write that. Why? Because he's God. He knows beginning to end. So it says, from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Notice that statement, I will do all my pleasure. And we read over here why he did some of those things. Well, according to his will, according to his counsel, right? He can do whatever he wants. He's God. And so note verse four again, we said, he hath chosen us before the foundation of the world. Notice that statement, he's chosen us before the foundation of the world, but there's something in between there. There's something in between chosen us and before the foundation of the world. And what is it? In him. That's the key. <laughs> in him. And who's the him? Jesus Christ. You see, God did not choose you in yourself. He didn't say, uh, well, you know, I want, I want, I want Adam to be saved and, uh, you know, I want David to be saved and I want this person. He didn't choose you in yourself. He chose you where? He chose you in Christ. That's where he chose you. He didn't choose you in yourself. He chose you in Christ. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he what did foreknow? He did what? Also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn and make many brethren. So, talked about this before. Foreknowledge is what? It's not a big, tough word. It just means you know something in advance. You know something in advance. He foreknew, and what did he foreknew? He knew who would be in Christ. He's God. He knew who would be in Christ. Now, can we explain that in great detail? Maybe you can. I can't. I'm not, I'm not that smart. No. At least I have to say no. I'm not as smart as some of you guys, but some of those people out there, and, uh, but uh, I can't explain that in great detail. And it's okay to say, 
I don't have the answer to everything, right? I know sometimes we try to, but, but, but here's the thing. But it is clear enough in the Word of God that we understand salvation was provided for all, right? We know that. Salvation was provided for all in Christ. And then once we're, and those that are in, for those that are in Christ, some things become what? Automatic once we're in Christ. Foreknowledge, again, does not mean foreordained. But there are some things foreordained in the Bible, that's clear. But what's foreordained was what? Was based on foreknowledge, right? Foreknowledge doesn't mean it was necessarily foreordained, but some things were foreordained. And those were what? Based on foreknowledge. So, but now foreordaining means what? Well, it means he, de- he determined something. He decreed something. He planned something in advance. And you know what? Because he's God, he could do that. He could, de- he could decree something. He could determine that something was going to happen, right? And he could plan for something in advance. And why could he do that? Because he had the authority and has the authority and power to make sure it's fulfilled. He's God. He's God. And then Romans 8.30 says this, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. But remember, who were those whom he did foreknow? So what are the things, and then we see some things here that God foreordained or predestinated uh, in these verses. We'll see in verse 4, right, for us to be holy and blameless, for us to be adopted, for us to be accepted. And that's okay because what? All this is through Christ and in Christ. And that's the key, right? All these things for the people that are what? In Christ, that are in Christ. So look at verse 5, having predestinated us. Or who's the us that are predestinated? What? Us that are what? In him. So it says there in verse 5 that, uh, well, verse 4, look at this, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. So listen, uh, you're saved, you're in Christ, and boy, God has already determined those that are in Christ that one day will stand before him, what? Holy and without blame. And then in verse 5, it says this, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Uh, so that uh, what's mean he, had, he, he, or, he preordained for us to be adopted? Well, that's not a, that, 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 that thought shouldn't make us nervous. Why? Because what does adoption mean? It just means a child, right, it, 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 in the spiritual sense. Right, even though he he births us into the family, he also adopted us because through adoption we know that it has an understanding of a child getting full adult status or full adult rights, and then and nothing's withheld. So we are predestinated. But here's the thing: you were already in the family. <laughs> you were already in the family. You're pre you're predestined to be adopted. But what? You're already in the family. So uh, you may not have been preordained to be in the family, but once you were in the family, you are. Preordained to be adopted once you were in the family. Isn't that what it says right there? He predestinated us unto the adoption of children. So we know that's how it works. You get saved, 
And that's a wonderful thing. He saves you. You're birthed in the family. You're a babe in Christ. And then he adopts you, or he, and then he gives you full rights, amen, special rights into the family. And why did he do that? Verse 5, according to his good pleasure, because that is what he wanted to do for you, because he's a good God. Verse 6 says this, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us what? Accepted in the beloved. See, he's, that word accepted means shown great and divine favor. That means approved of God, right? You're an object of his grace. You've been accepted in the beloved. God has shown you great and divine favor. It shows you're approved of God, right? And you're an object of his grace. That same word is used in Luke 128, where it talks about Mary. And this is how it's mentioned there. Luke 128 says this, of course, when the angel came to Mary, it says, An angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art what? Highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. That word highly favored, so Mary has nothing on you. Amen. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, she, she, she got to uh, uh, give uh, birth to Christ, but you were birthed into Christ. Amen. That's an amazing thing. And so in God's eyes, you're highly favored. Same word, and that is why you are blessed and accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, talking about Christ again, in whom we have what? Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Of course, redemption just means to be what? Set free by a payment. I've been redeemed, amen? I've been set free by a payment. The ransom has been paid for my soul. And of course, we see there that payment was the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is what paid the price for your soul. We'll drop down to verse 9 for a moment. It says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Notice that term, mystery. A mystery is simply a divine truth known only to God. Right? It's a mystery known only to God, but, and it can only be known to us by divine revelation. And so God said, hey, I, wanna, I got a mystery here, but I want to share it with you. And Paul mentions that a few times the, about the gospel being a mystery that they didn't understand at that time. And then God revealed it. Verse 11 says this, And whom also we have obtained in Christ an inheritance, being, here's, here's the word again, predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, notice, after the counsel of his will. So that word predestined, you see all it is. Hey, before, uh, before God started this thing, he made a decision to do some things, and he has the authority and the power to make sure that those things are fulfilled. Amen? And so how does he fulfill them? He fulfills them through Christ. He fulfills them through Christ. And so when you're in Christ, you get in on those things, amen, that he determined that he was going to do through Christ. See, we not only have an inheritance in Christ, which that's exciting enough, but we are an inheritance for Christ. Sometimes we get excited about having an inheritance in Christ, but did you ever think about you are an inheritance for Christ? Amen. As the church, we're the bride of Christ. Amen. That's what we are. Now, why did he do all this? Amen. Why did he uh, 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 choose to do all these wonderful things? And when we get saved, let us in on all these things. Well, let's look at a couple verses together here, and we'll see why. Look at verse 6. Notice this. 
to the praise of the glory of his grace. Notice that statement. It says he did these things, right? You read verse 5 and then verse 6 starts off, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Look at verse 12. Notice what it says, that we should be what? That we should be, right? Those in Christ should be what? To the praise of his glory. Look at verse 14 which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of what? The purchased possession of what? Unto the praise of His glory. Now notice verse 6. It said to the praise of the glory of His grace. So this praise of the glory involves the grace of God. Then verse 12, it said to the praise of His glory there. It involves the children of God. And then verse 14, under the praise of His glory, it involves the Spirit of God. So the praise of his glory basically means this. It's just basically showing the approval of who he truly is. Full recognition of his unchangeable self and his true essence. So really, basically, it's this. All he has done is just an extension of who God is. And so as these things unfold through Christ... As these things unfold uh, in and through your life, as you get saved and as a child of God, you know what that does? That brings praise to his glory. That brings praise to who God really is. That brings praise, amen, <laughs> to the true God and all that God truly is. It, 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 uh, it glorifies him. You see, salvation is about grace and glory. It's by grace and it's to his glory. Everything is done is about the glory of God. Notice this statement in verse 8. Wherein he hath abounded toward us. Notice this. He abounded what? Toward us. And what did he do? In all wisdom and prudence. God in his wisdom and prudence did all this for us. He did all this for He provided all this for us. Right? Those that are in Christ, he, did, he provided all this for us in his great wisdom, in his great prudence. He did this for us. Why? Because he understood. He understood before uh, he said the first words of let there be light. He already understood that without him, without him, we would have no hope and we could do nothing on our own and that we would absolutely, amen, need him to help us out. Verse 10 says this, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things. You see, notice everything you read through these verses, and it says, uh, 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 in Christ, verse 3. It says, verse 4, chosen in him. Verse 5, by Jesus Christ. Verse 6, in the beloved. Verse 7, in whom? Right? And just verse after verse, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. And then it says one day, everything, Jesus is going to control and reign over everything. You see, it says there in verse 10, again, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together one in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven 
and which are on earth, even in him. It mentions heaven and earth. You see, Lucifer rebelled in heaven, took a bunch of people with him. Mankind rebelled on earth. But when all this is said and done, amen, the Lord is going to reign supreme on heaven and earth in peace. What a wonderful thing that is. So we see all these things that were, 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 were preordained, if you will, for those in Christ. So how do we get in on it? How did we get in on it? Well, verse 13 tells us how we got in on it. See, you, you read all this and you see words like preordained. You see before the, the foundation of the world. Well, a lot of things were preordained. He had determined a lot of things before he laid uh, the foundation. But the, how did we get into it? We still had to be saved. We still had to be saved. Verse 13. Look at this right here. You see, he makes it clear here that though you see words like before the foundation of the world, though you see things like predestined, and a lot of those things are, we still had to believe to get in on it. Verse 13. In whom he also trusted. Look at these words. In whom he also what? Trusted. There had to be a day in your life when you trusted. After what? That ye heard the word of truth. You had to hear the word of God. You had to hear the word of God. What is that? The gospel of your salvation. See? In whom? Also what? After that ye believed. You see, despite all these wonderful things that God uh, said he was going to do for those that are in Christ, amen, all these things that he predestined that, and it, we know another place says that you would be conformed to the image of Christ and you would get in on this and you would be blessed uh, uh, by this and you'd have all these wonderful things, you still had to have a moment when you believed. And so it says, one day you trusted after you heard the word of truth, and whom also after that ye believed. Notice that statement, after that ye believed. <laughs> None of these, you didn't get in on any of these things until after that ye believed. And so don't, don't let words like preordained, don't let words like before the foundation of the world or, or before the word ever was make a difference. Just, I think, put them in the proper context and everything will be all right. Say, man, yeah, I believe in that and I got in on all of it after I believed. That's what it says. After you believed. And then what happened after you believed? God sealed all these things up. Amen. We're sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise. That wonderful word sealed says what? Sealed means there's a purpose of a seal. One, one purpose of the seal is for the sake of security. Amen. To make you stay, amen, in this thing. God sealed you up. Amen. And you couldn't get out if you wanted to. Another reason you seal things is for safe delivery. Amen. He wants to, hey, he sealed you up and he's going to make sure that you're safely delivered on the other side. Another reason there's a seal is to show authenticity, right? Sometimes when you buy something, you want that letter of authenticity. Amen. God's give and amen. God's verified that you're authentically his and to show approval, and to show ownership. God sealed all these things by the Holy Spirit because he wants to make sure you're secure. He wants to make sure you're safely delivered. He wants you to have the seal of authenticity. He wants to show that he's put his approval on you in Jesus Christ, and he wants to show, amen, that you are his, right? His ownership. What a wonderful thing that is. So you see, salvation is about the will, Salvation is about the will. God willed to provide it. 
right? It says he did all these things. That was his will. You see that uh, uh, at, you, when you read through these verses, right? Uh, verse 5, according to the good pleasure of what? His will. It says, uh, verse 9, which he hath purposed in himself. Another place, verse 11, after the counsel of his own will. You see, salvation is about the will. God willed to provide it. And then God gave us a will through which we can accept it or reject it. And we get saved, amen, when we yield our will to his will and believe on who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. So as we finish up these verses, these wonderful things we see, what do we see? We see that what God the Father did. And what did he do? He did it all. We see what God the Son did. He paid it all. We see what God the Holy Spirit did. You see the triune God at work here. Amen. We see God the Father, right? That it was his desire. We see God the Son, and then we see God the Holy Spirit all having a part in what has been done in our life. Again, we see God the Father, he provided it all. God the Son, he paid it all. God the Holy Spirit, he sealed it all. And why he did it? that he would get glory through it all. And how did we get in on it? We believed it all, amen? And we believed it all, we got it all. So God the Father provided it all, God the Son paid it all, God the Holy Spirit sealed it all, and the reason he did it is that he would get the glory for it all, and then, amen, we got in when we believed it, amen? And when we believed it all, we got it all through Jesus Christ. So some wonderful things there in that portion of Scripture. And I'd take some time to read it, and you probably uh, find more things than me. You're smarter than me. You probably find more things than I found there. But just a, a, a wonderful thought there, amen, that, hey, all these things that he, he said, hey, he said, I'm going I'm uh, 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 to create this world, and unfortunately some things are going to happen. So my son's going to have down there, and I got all these things, amen, that I want to do, that I already know I want to do through Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've already made decisions that I want to do all these things through Jesus Christ. And when, when somebody believes on him, they're going to get in on all these things that I already made the decision I was going to do through Jesus Christ. And boy, you got in on all that stuff, amen, when you believed it all through Jesus. Let's pray.